The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you. One of the scribes, scribes came to Jesus and asked him, Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, The first is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying that he is one and there is no one other than he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. No one dared ask him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I've mentioned it on a few other occasions, but if you read all of... uh, Jesus gets asked a lot of questions in the Gospels. And most of the time, he doesn't answer the question directly. This is actually one time where he does directly answer the question, and then he adds something else. He answers it, and then he does, like he normally does, talks about what he wants to talk about. And so what he kind of adds on there is the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. However, he also adds something else that is sometimes missed. There is no other commandment greater than these. So these are the two standards that he places. And there are no other commandments that should take precedence over these two. No more are more important. And so one thing that I find sometimes in our modern application of the law and commandments is that sometimes we say, well, those are really important commandments But what about, you know, kind of our economic success? Well, yes, love God, but not if it affects us, you know, like losing a job or or economic success in some ways. Well, can't be meaning that. Well, love your neighbor, except for, you know, in certain situations. Well, no, actually, we'd say, no, love God first and neighbor. Trump's that. What about self-fulfillment? Well, I need to do this because of self-fulfillment or, or something else. Well, no. Is it, is it taking precedence? Is it, are you placing that as more important than loving God and neighbor? Now, not that it's not important to take care of yourself, right? Absolutely. But is it more important than loving God and neighbor? We'd say no. What about if something is difficult, right? We say, well, it's really difficult to love God. Or it's really difficult to love this person in my life. Well, you're right, it's difficult. So maybe, you know, yeah, yeah, God's not asking. Well, no. Just because it's difficult doesn't take away God's commandments. But instead are still there. A lot of times in the modern world, we can uh, phrase sometimes the commandments in our relationship with God as rights, right? Uh, kind of especially as Americans, right? We think about the Declaration of Independence, and right, it starts out with we have certain inalienable rights, and we kind of focus on those rights, right? And we kind of say, well, I have a right to be able to do this. I have a right to be able to receive this. Well, 
Yes, we do have certain inalienable rights that God has given us in the love that he pours down upon us. However, as Christians, we should be much less concerned about what rights that we receive because we have received those rights. And we should be talking about what kind of responsibilities and obligations we have. We sometimes don't like obligations, right? That's, especially in the military, we've got a lot of obligations or other things or responsibilities. But as Christians, it's one of the things that rights or these responsibilities and obligations actually free us to be who God made us to be. When we fulfill our responsibility and obligation to worship God with all our heart, mind, and soul, it doesn't take away from our life. It doesn't take away from all the other things in, our, in, our, in the world, instead, it adds to it. It properly orders us to be able to actually fully live. Now, sometimes it can be difficult and say, well, what kind of practical way am I supposed to do this? And this is where I love uh, Jesus's connection with love God and love of neighbor. These two things are not on ep- opposite ends of the spectrum or in dichotomies of either loving God or loving neighbor and that they're two separate entities, but they are intimately linked in the way in which he answers this question and says, what is the first commandment? Love God and neighbor. He does say, he does reference the second, right? So it does take second to love of God. However, they are intimately connected to never be able to be fully separated. And I'll give you another place in Scripture that flushes this out a little bit more. It's 1 John. So uh, it's the first letter of John. And so St. John is is writing to the Christian community. And he says in chapter 4, verse 19, he says, We love because he first loved us. Okay, so that's really important, right? That's our right that we've received. He has given us and poured us love. And that's actually the first thing that we acknowledge and then we respond. So he he starts out on that. We love because he first loved us. We don't win his approval by doing these things. We don't win his love by loving him or doing good to neighbor. He loved us first, okay? Then it says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God should love his brother also. These two things are intimately connected. And I love this connection of the fact of sometimes we can uh, justify ourselves and sometimes trick ourselves and say, well, yes, I love God, uh, but I don't love my brother right in front of me. And we can sometimes do the same exact thing with love of neighbor. Well, I love the neighbor really far away from me. That's really easy to love because guess what? They don't do anything to me. But I have a really a large difficulty with this coworker or this friend who's hurt me, right? Uh, in the Screwtapes letter, C.S. Lewis, which is a great book talking about kind of temptations and other things, Satan can sometimes tempt us to love the neighbor that's far away, and hate the person who's close to us. No, we need to love the neighbors who are close to us, especially. And who are those people? Well, those are, if you're married, it's your spouse. That's the primary person that God places as your neighbor to love. The primary, right? The first out of everyone else, your spouse. 
The others are siblings, right? Siblings can be really difficult, especially if you're a kid. You're called to love your siblings with a generous amount. Love your parents and love your children. You love your coworkers. Your neighbor is also your enemy. Your enemy, your person who you don't get along with, that's your neighbor who actually you're called and is God's commandment to love, to desire their good, right? It's not always that we're going to be kind or we're going to always have the best relationship with them, but we need to love them. We need to desire their good even if they don't desire our good or love us. We have an obligation and responsibility to love God and love neighbor. Our neighbor is also the annoying person who we can't stand, right? That's our neighbor to love. The sinner, the lost, the prideful, all the people who we come into contact every single day, and especially those people whose God has placed close in your life through many different situations, whether it's your neighbor, your coworker, or person that you know, that person is your neighbor, and you need to love them. And if you say, well, I don't love that person, but I love God. Again, what does St. John say? He says, we're liars. Right? If we think that we can love God and hate our neighbor. And so what are we to do? Well, in every single one of your situations, I hope that came to mind a few people that maybe we need to you know, kind of work on loving a little bit. But what are we supposed to do? Well, I'm not going to go through every single practical situation, okay? Because there's a lot of different situations and there's a lot of different responses, right, in those love. It's one of the things that we need to ask for, which is prudence. Prudence is the virtue of the proper, of the practical application of the, the idea, right? We take the idea and we're like, okay, that's a good idea. How do I apply it? Prudence is what applies it into our life. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us in that. And so I will give one practical, which, which kind of is asking for this prudence, one of the acts of ways which we can love our neighbor in a concrete, real, and absolute way is to pray for them. Now, sometimes we think of prayer as kind of, again, not really a practical thing. But prayer should be the most practical thing that we do in our day, right? When we're struggling with loving someone, when we're struggling with, their, with our relationship with them, yeah, there's a lot of different techniques that we can do to love them and care for them and try to you know, help them out. But the first one that we should always go to as Christians is to pray for them. Now, it shouldn't just be left there, right? Oh, I prayed for them and now I can be a jerk to their face. No, right? We love them. We pray for them. And we hope for ultimately everyone to get to heaven, right? However, a lot of the times our need for prayer is not for the other person's conversion. A lot of the times that prayer that we need to start with in loving our neighbor is actually first for a conversion of our heart. We often need to change our way in which we love by first receiving love from God and then being able to love our neighbor. And so I invite you to love God by loving your neighbor, especially.
And one of the ways to do that is to pray, pray, pray. We can do that by, you know, some of the practical ones is a rosary, right? It's always good to pray a rosary. It, it guides you through in meditation and to pray for an individual and offer it up. Another amazing place, in fact, the best way is right here at Mass. To bring those people that you're struggling with, those people that you're having a difficulty loving or understanding, bring them here to the altar and, and offer them with Jesus Christ, right? And so certainly we pray that we might be like this scribe today and not far from the kingdom is God as Jesus tells him, that we might understand these greatest commandments that Jesus Christ gives us to love God and neighbor that are so close together and so beautiful for us to be reminded here this day.